Welcome to the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. My name is Andre Chin, broker owner, real estate investor, mega agent, and real estate coach. We're going to be tackling all things real estate, bringing you guests from all across North America, mega agents, mega teams, and we're going to be diving deep into their businesses to figure out how they got to where they are and how they consistently bring that hustle into their business every single day. Buckle up, our podcast starts now. All right, everyone, we're back with another episode of the Real Estate Hustle podcast. And today we have Ryan McLean, good friend of mine, former team leader, uh, runs the McLean team out of Hamilton as well. Ryan's pretty well done everything real estate and definitely someone you're going to want to listen to this podcast in its entirety because I know he's going to drop some bombs on us. Ryan, welcome. Thanks for the invite, Andre. Always a pleasure. Always nice to talk to you. Yeah, I'm glad we finally got you on. I know uh, I know it's taken me some time and I do apologize, but happy to have you here today. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm, I'm eager to share. Uh, I have been following the podcast. I love getting a couple of nuggets from everybody that you have on. So, you know, this is the value of being able to just connect with lots of people. And as you said, I've done lots of stuff, which means I've probably messed up more stuff than the average person. And, uh, and hopefully learn from that and share some of those things that I've learned so others can be wise and not make the same mistakes. And, and I love the humbleness there as well, right? I mean, we all make mistakes, but it's, it's whether or not we learn from them and, and can we pivot and grow from that. So hopefully, you know, you're, you're willing to, to be transparent, share some of those mistakes so some of our listeners don't make the same ones. I know I, I've got a, a bad habit of doing that as well. And then we talk and you're like, well, hey, I've done that too. So, um, you know, tell us a bit more about sort of the journey, how long you've been in real estate and, and how you kind of got to this incredible place that you're in right now. Yeah, so I've been in real estate now 14 years. Uh, can't believe it's been that long. Uh, I was a registered nurse for 10 years prior to that. You know, I got into real estate like most people. I, I jumped in uh, as a solo agent, no systems, no models, no training, and just uh, pounded the pavement as hard as I could. I was lucky enough to have a sphere of, uh, of people that would do business with me uh, from healthcare field, which is great because that definitely helped my first few years. Uh, worked really hard and, you know, was doing 30, 40 deals a year as a solo agent with no systems, no models, working far too hard. And uh, I did that for about five, six years until I finally just kind of burned out and had to do something different. Had to figure out how other people were having a life and doing real estate. Because uh, if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, I can't do it, no matter how much it pays me. Well, and we hear that a lot, right? And I, I mean, I know a lot of people right now are going through that, that quote unquote burnout, right? COVID is testing everyone. Being in a pandemic, working from home, I think is shining a light on, are your systems good enough? Are you going to survive? Or, you know, is this the year that everything falls apart from you? So I love that you mentioned, you know, systems and models. And, you know, I see the KW on your shirt there. For, for those that are listening, audio, um, Ryan's sporting his fancy KW shirt. So I'm assuming making that move to KW probably instill some of those values in you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I didn't necessarily have to be KW. I just knew that the way I was running my business and the way I was solving my problems uh, didn't get the results that I wanted. So I'd, I'd spent a few years entrepreneurially trying this, trying that, and didn't get the results that I wanted to get. And you know, part of that is the environment that I was in. I was in a great brokerage. Uh, it just wasn't an environment of openly sharing. So the top agents weren't sharing exactly how they got there. And I started interviewing all the brokerages because I just knew I needed to make a change. Uh, and I kind of fell into KW uh, because the systems and models, I mean, they're, they're so robust. And, the, and I know that the top agents and other brands do that as well. It's just that KW, they would show me how to do it. You know, I'm, I'm a great guy to follow a system. You show me a system, I will follow it. 
uh, I called the red book, the millionaire real estate book, my Bible. And I did so because I took it on faith, whatever the book told me to do, whether I disagreed or agreed, I just did it uh, because my way didn't work. So systems is why I ended up at KW. <laughs> I, I love the transparency. And, and I mean, you know, when you, when you talk about those, those systems being shared and, and you're right, I think it doesn't matter the company that you're at. If you're a top performer, you're following some form of a system or you're going to get that burnout. And, and you've had the pleasure, I think, of being on the other side, which is the leadership side of things, where you've been a team leader running an office. I am not sure. I and mean, maybe you talk more to that. I'm going to kind of guess and mess it up. But how many agents did you have sort of that you were leading? And what were your biggest challenges with with that market center? And I don't necessarily mean the market center, but more the, the bodies that are in there and, and getting agents to sort of do the right activities. You know, still going back to my transactional business, uh, the probably the most painful part that I, I was going through at the time that I was making a change through brokerages was I went through five administrators in two years. Cool. And some of that was I had, I hired the wrong people. Some of that was I hired the right people and I didn't, didn't support them properly because I didn't know how there wasn't a system and I'm not necessarily, you know, I shouldn't be teaching people how to run the back end of a business because I didn't do well. So when I joined Keller Williams, the, although I was, you know, shiny things, I was chased by that. The one thing that actually impacted my business was uh, a system to select, train, lead, and motivate people that I'm in business with. So that, as much as I can say my business grew after that, it really was more about that, that hire that I did. She was the one that impacted my business more than I did. She allowed me to grow. So now going to the market center, you know, I stepped into the market center as a team leader and, uh, and I did so not really knowing what that was. I mean, I, I'd been in Keller Williams for about three years and I don't know, I didn't look like they did that much. Uh, <laughs> and so I leveraged myself out of my team and that person who I hired as my admin actually became licensed and was running the team. And she actually ran the team so that I could go off and, and take the team leader opportunity. Excuse me. So I stepped into the role and we were about 150 agents and we got up to about 230, 220, 230. Um, and massive. I thought I was busy. I'm going to slow you down because that's massive. <laughs> I, I know you're kind of going, ah, no big deal, but that, that's a, what, a 40% increase in, in less than two years? Yeah, it's almost three, almost three years. Almost three. Still pretty impressive though. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I like to go fast and break things. And I did so in that role as well. You know, uh, again, you think I'd learn from running the team about how important systems and models are for success. I stepped into the team leader role, forgot all that and, and tried to be entrepreneurial and do it my way again. And I struggled with that for over a year. Uh, and the, the biggest challenge, which I, you know, can retrospectively look back on is the, is learning to lead through others. So it's really leadership and how do I empower the team that I'm with so that they can be also responsible for achieving our goals and not their job. Like I can say that again, the team yeah, that I'm with, hit me with that one again. this is, I'll tell you, this is a, so the team, you're, you're, the, the business team that you're in business with, they, you know, we're a team to achieve the goals of whatever the business goals are, growth, net, and what I was not good at was helping them understand it, it wasn't, they weren't there to do their job, although that's part of it. I was hiring them to achieve the goals. And so they have to have ownership over the goals as much as I do. And when I first started having uh, people work with me and, you know, 
partner with me uh, in men's staff. At first, I was teaching them to do a job. And the biggest shift in, you know, if you want to see growth or leadership growth, personal growth, was helping people get on board with the ultimate goal of why we're doing this instead of to do their job at a high level. And I've, I've been, you know, as bad at that myself and saying that, you know, I have the team that has this job. Well, no, the job is to achieve the goals. And, and again, that took me a while to run into the wall instead of just going to the side where the door was. Uh, and I learned, I learned to do that from bigger leaders. So uh, Mark King, uh, who probably doesn't remember the situation at all, because this is the way it happens. He came up to Canada and he did a TL boot camp. And I've been a TL for about 18 months. And uh, he was going through the systems and models that I should be following as a team leader of, of course, I wish I wasn't. Um, but I was achieving success. Like I was, you know, I was recruiting and we were growing and increasing profit and all those things were amazing. Uh, but he made it very clear. I definitely was not following systems and models. Right. And so I just started doing that again. And I started following those systems and models. And I, again, I don't know why I... I don't know why I forgot that lesson from transactional real estate, but I did. I know, you're uh, and uh, dominant and like to move fast. I think that's natural for the, for the personality type. Um, what I found interesting that you said just now is, is you know, you, you, you spoke about sort of your team in the leadership role and then the team sort of in real estate and, and that realization, I think maybe I'm hearing a, a connection there. No matter which one of the teams it is, this, the message is pretty clear we all need to be working towards a common goal. And I, and I think sometimes that's one of the hardest things to do in business is to get away from the, it's not my job to we're all headed, headed in a certain direction. I mean, we had, we had Chris on, I know you and Chris know each other really well and, and Ibrahim were on and they were both talking about their cultures as well. And, and that sounds like a culture conversation to me where the realization is, you know, we're not a bunch of individuals that make up a team. We're a group of individuals working towards the team's goals. How are you getting, you know, how are you getting that message across, whether it's at the team level or the leadership level, you know, you talked about learning to lead through others, um, but how do you get that buy-in and for them to kind of say, okay, we're all focused on, on where we're going? You know, again, I was entrepreneurial. I tried really hard to figure that out. And, you know, I'll be honest, it was just following the system. It was the Mark King system. And that was just doing your daily stand-up doing a daily meeting with everyone. And it's not a task list. It's, it's a daily meeting to uh, make sure that everybody understands the vision, the goals, where we are towards those. Uh, and, and giving that, that bigger, that higher level conversation on a daily basis with, you know, some education, you know, the, the analogy I use with my teams were, you know, if we were talking hockey, so do the, do the defensemen understand even though they don't play offense, how the offense would work. Absolutely. They, they have to understand how they do their jobs because they're there to help them. They're there to, to give them the puck. Does everybody on the ice understand what the score of the game is at every moment? Yeah, of course. Okay. You look up at the score. So if we're a team, if we're a business team, does everybody understand where we are in our goals? Does everybody understand like by minute by minute, day by day, where we are towards our goals? So they know the score of the game. The person that the physiotherapist in the, in the training room in the back, who's working on somebody who came off the ice, does he know the score of the game? Of course he does. Absolutely. So it's about everybody knowing that the goal is to win the game. 
we all have jobs that we have to do, do our jobs, we do our jobs, it's great. But that doesn't matter if we don't win the game. Right. Now, I mean, you're always going to have people that, that push against that grain. Um, maybe that's just my experience, but, but how are you tackling that? Or how are you getting that buy-in back when you've got someone that, you know, like you said, you know, there's a defenseman out there who, who might be maybe a little selfish. They think about themselves before they think about the team. They want to get that highlight, highlight winning goal. How do you get them back in um, and focused on, you know, hey, we're all moving together. This isn't the individualism. Or do you allow some of that individualism now? Well, I think that, I mean, people, the reason people get into business with us. So uh, whether that be uh, someone we hire onto one of our teams, whether that be an agent that joins our, our real estate team, whether that's be an agent that joins our brokerage. The only reason anybody gets in business with anybody else is because they believe that they can achieve their goals bigger, better, faster, or more fun by being in a partnership with that person. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. So, you know, I can be as guilty as anyone else to be able to get, get a little, uh, little focused and not see everything around me. Um, and so when that happens with others, it's about helping them realize and, and put them, putting them back on the path of the big vision. And because when they got into business with us, that big vision is what they were in alignment with to achieve their goals. So that's why the daily standup or that daily meeting is so important because without that being brought to the, brought to everybody, including me saying it on a daily basis, you know, they, we all forget because we go back into the tasks and the, and the, the duties that are required. And we don't, we would take our eye off the score of the game and we're just looking at what we need to get done today. Uh, and it's about, so it's about, reconnecting everybody with the alignment of the ultimate goals. You know, there's a book, there's a book called ideal team player. And I can't remember the author at the moment, but it, they talk about uh, the the ideal team player and it's uh, humble, hungry, and smart. And so we all have areas that we can improve in those and helping people understand that they can achieve their, their goals faster with us than without us. Now, now when you're looking for, for ideal, you know, you got, the, you got those three things, right? And I, and I know I've heard Gary say, and I've heard other leaders say that before, you know, that's what they're looking for and people they want to be surrounded with. Would you take someone with, with two of those attributes and work on the third, or are you, you looking for all three out of the game? Well, the reality is all of us have one attribute that is the weakest. Right. So uh, I don't, I've never, I haven't met anybody, maybe Gary, uh, <laughs> who shows up with all three or, or someone that I, you know, some people like that. Uh, and myself, I, I have areas I need to work on in that. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's just about being able to identify it and be purposeful around it. Right. Those daily stand-up meetings. So when I was running my brokerage, I had an I had the incredible team, best team in Canada as far as I'm concerned. No offense, but they were my. Nope, no, no offense taken. I, I know <laughs> some of our listeners might take a little bit. You might, you might get a few text messages when this one gets gets out there. Yeah. So I had an amazing team and they were amazing at their, at their jobs. And I wasn't leading them to see the big picture as we need to win the, the game. We need to grow the brokerage. We need to grow profitability. We need to grow what brokerages do to achieve our goals. And what brokerages do is they execute a value proposition to their agents. I mean, they answer phones, they, they transact, they get, make sure people get paid. They, they rent, they have space that the people go to, but the ultimate thing as an OP 
that we do, or that OPs do, that brokerages do, is they're executing a value proposition to their agents. And so, first of all, do we know what that value proposition is? Can we articulate it at a high level? Because if we can't, it's going to be very hard to execute. I don't on know it. most. I don't know that most real estate agents um, know their value proposition. I, I don't think they and, have any and, idea. And that goes to so that's a market. That's a brokerage. We go back to an agent. An agent's exactly the same. What is your value proposition? Why would people do business with you? And can you articulate that at a high level? And then hold yourself accountable to what that is and improve when, and improve. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because I, I taught uh, our win with sellers course recently. And there, there's a section that talks about that. And I always ask, you know, what's your value proposition? I think almost innately every single time I get, well, I can sell your house faster than everybody else. And you go, okay, well, you know, there's 10 other agents that are going to say that. Well, I'm going to communicate with you more than everybody else. Okay, well, there's probably 10 other agents that are going to say that as well. So, so when you look at a value prop, if I'm an agent listening right now and I'm kind of going, okay, I really have no idea because I thought mine was that I could sell more houses than everybody else. How, how do I find my value proper or how do I articulate that to my clients, my, my team, my employees or, or whoever that, that needs to hear that? What, what's your advice there? Well, again, first you need to know it. So I, I'm not sure that an agent, agent's value proposition to his client is that I can sell the most houses. Because as the client, that doesn't, that's not value to me. Uh, so it's about what is it that I can do for you, with you, that will help you achieve your goals. Okay. So from an agent's perspective, you know, uh, list to sale price ratio, I can get you top dollar. That's absolutely part of a value proposition. The other is, you know, communication, how do you want to be communicated with? I will make sure that you're comfortable through the process because I'm going to communicate with you the way you want to be. Uh, you know, each agent needs to find that conversation with, with themselves on what is, what is it exactly that they provide? Now, is it unique amongst, you know, the, an industry of tens of thousands? Probably not, you know. However, know specifically what it is the value that you want to bring to the table is so that you can articulate it at a super high level and then hold yourself accountable to achieving that and and where can you improve or i remember you know my my very first listing appointment i get a referral it's on the street a really good friend of mine calls me she goes andre i got a referral for you my neighbor wants to sell you got this maybe been in the business three weeks i i go find a listing presentation i you know start knocking on doors who's got one i need something and and ended up meeting this agent who was on the way out of the business. So, so Hugh's now retired, really good friend of mine. And he kind of mentored me for a little while. And um, so he hands me everything I need. And I go in and I think I nailed this thing. Two days later, I see somebody else's sign on the lawn. <laughs> I call them and I'm like, what did I miss? And they go, honestly, you, you delivered everything that we wanted to hear. We just really had no idea what you were going to do or what you were going to bring to the table. And, and so we chose this other agent because he had more experience than you. He was very clear about what was going to happen next. And, and looking back at it now, he just knew his value over me. I was just telling them taskless. Here's what I'm going to go do next. But I really didn't give them a reason why to pick me over any other agent. And I don't even think I asked if they were interviewing. I just assumed I had it. And, and well, that was a that was a twelve thousand dollar lesson very early in my career. That's a cheap lesson. I've 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 paid for more. I've I've paid a lot more to learn things. So the way I'm approaching it now is I'm looking at value propositions. So, and I'm looking at that with you know not just at a brokerage or an agent. I'm looking at it from every role. So what's the value proposition that every role brings to the ultimate goal? But let's talk about an agent for a second. So 
what is the value proposition of someone hiring an agent? Like I said, it's uh, track record of success. So list to sale price ratios, communication. If you bring staging in, that's part of value. If you're, you know, if you have electronics, so you know, people can okay showings on their phone. I think that there's value to that, so that people don't have to be on the phone and, and those types of. Things. So what is all of the value that that you bring to the conversation? But we know that all of our clients are gonna gonna connect with different parts of that. Right. So we need to know the entire value proposition and we need to be able to articulate it and, and bring it and then curate that experience based on the person that, I'm, that we're having a conversation with. And that's the same with a brokerage as well. So what's all of the value that a brokerage brings uh, to, the, to the conversation? What is everything that a brokerage does? Well, not all of it's gonna resonate with all the agents. Right. So we have to bring all of the value proposition and then, and then when we're supporting agents into achieving their goals, what specific value do they need out of the brokerage and make sure that we're, we're not trying to give them something else. We're trying to give them what they need. So that curated experience. And, you know, that's, that's where kind of where I spend most of my time now is really drilling down with, uh, so we haven't really talked about it, but I did step out of the team leader role about two weeks prior to COVID, uh, not knowing that was going to happen to help other entrepreneurs achieve their goals. I mean, I still run the team, which is awesome. And the team's amazing, but I love helping people live more fulfilled lives. When, and I love that you said that, Ryan. I mean, I think whether, like you said, from the from the agent to the team to the brokerage um, to, to any other business for that matter, the, the conversation's the same. Why should you be with me? You know, here's here's my value proposition. Where I heard it really resonate with me was, you know, we got a number of people that that have reached out and, and listened to the show, and they talk about, you know, hey, I think I want to start a team, and I think that's important to, to note as well, right? And you know, so you want to start a team. Well, what's your value? Why are agents going to follow you? Why are they? Why, you know, why are you going to get the gift of leading them? And I don't know that we as leaders always think that through, but what I do find is top producers seem to always know and can articulate that in an instant. Now you're and that's helping, a value proposition, and that's a value proposition. Now you know you're helping agents, brokerages, team leaders. I mean, I think you're you're helping business people across the board, and you're also a business coach as well. How are you doing all of that? I mean, this is so. <clears throat> excuse me. When I stepped out of uh, out of the team leader role, uh, I took a break for you know three months or so just to kind of unplug and. You know, going from leading a brokerage that a highly successful, highly growth brokerage uh, to not having any plans was a little, it was a bit of experience. Then COVID happened and we all, we all shut down. And so it wasn't all bad that I had that. Um, but I thought I was going to go out and become a coach, a full-time coach, business coach, real estate coach. And I was going to coach to the traditional model, which is, you know, half hour calls once a week. And, you know, I, I had a, a lot of people that wanted to coach with me, which was great. When I started doing that, I realized that it didn't get, I wasn't getting the energy out of that that I expected. So when you ask, how do you, you know, how do we do anything? How do we get up and go to work every day? It has to be in alignment with who we are because when we're, when we're doing things that are in alignment with who we are, it gives us energy. And I stepped into something which I, I thought this is what I want to do. And it didn't, it took energy from me. So I went to see, uh, I did a, an experience with Donna Beach. So Donna Beach who was a team leader and she's been, you know, she, she was part of the, the first conversation I ever had with Keller Williams. And she has this unique perspective and she does this kind of search for why with people. Uh, so I kind of did, I, I met with Donna, we did this experience and it really helped me focus on what are the things that drive me. 
And then with that lens on, I started to make decisions with, is this in alignment with what, and it, with what I want to do? And, it, and the funny part is it was nothing different. It took me a few months after the experience with Donna to figure it out. But coaching people is what I want to do. But the goal that, that fuels me is actually helping people live more fulfilled lives. So it was a bit of a, a bit of an interesting uh, revelation for me when I figured that out. And uh, say that again, Ryan. I, I caught it, but but I don't know that I that I you know really yeah. digested that one. What's the goal? So I love coaching. I love helping people. I, you know, I was a nurse for ten years. I was a team leader. A big part of that is helping agents you know achieve goals. And I you know there was success there, which was great. But when I started helping people just coach their businesses, I wasn't fulfilled. And that was because and I, and I stepped back to figure out why that was. And Donna helped me through that conversation. And, and I realized that, that helping people live a more fulfilling life is actually what fuels me. So that's when, when, I can help, when I can help an agent grow a business so they can take their family away for vacation and, and live a life that they want, that makes me excited. Not just coaching their business. Um, and so when I make decisions to get into business with people, I'm doing so because I feel that I'm going to achieve my goals bigger, better, faster, or more fun with them, like everybody. And for me now, I know and I can articulate that it, it has to be something that I have bringing value to help someone else live a more fulfilling life. Now I get to do that for business and help them, you know, an entrepreneur. If your business isn't great, you're probably not living the most fulfilling life. You're probably overworked and under, you know. Like, like most of us, overworked, <laughs> yeah. tired, exactly. you know, family's mad at you because you're never home. Exactly. And, and so, and depending, not every entrepreneur is in a state where they, they're, re they're ready to look at the life that they want. Sometimes they just want to grow their business and that's all that matters. And I don't get into, I, I don't support, like I don't coach those people and not because they're not great people and not because I can't add value. It's because I'm not going to get fulfilled. I need the, the benchmark of success when I give energy is how is that energy helping someone else live a more fulfilled life? And when, I, when I'm very clear, and I'm not perfect, but when I'm very clear on that, that's how I get up in the morning. And the more I get to do that every day, the more energy I have and the less work it is. I love that you said that, right? And, and shout out to Donna as well. I, I just got off the phone with her uh, yesterday. We were talking about exactly the same thing and her program. And, and she's pivoting from, you know, find your why. And, and she's got a really unique name. I, I won't say it if you guys want to reach out to Donna Beach. Um, she's a KW agent. She'll happily do this with you. Um, but, you know, most people think that you can't be a little selfish in your why. And I love how you sort of said it. If, if I'm not getting energy from it, I don't want to do it either. So, you know, a lot of times we get caught up in this, you know, find your why and, and you know, you got to know why you're doing it. And then we go and do it. Like you said, I, you know, I thought it was going to be coaching and helping. And that wasn't the why. The why actually transformed on you in, into something else. And so thank you for sharing that. That's that's huge. And so I, I mean, I've had a lot of people go and meet with Donna to do that. Uh, and, you know, it's not, you know, that's the way I can articulate my why today. Is helping people live more fulfilled lives. Although it's, you know, it's, it's like goals. It's organic. It continues to grow. And as long as we focus on it, then we continue to move down that path. So that's, you know, when I help people start to think that way, when I talk to people about their businesses, most of them haven't even thought about the life that they want to live. They haven't really spent any time on being able to articulate what is the life that I want that would be fulfilling. Well, I'd like, I'd like a you know, bigger house. I'd like a bigger boat, bigger boats, more vacations. I get all that, 
but that's the stuff. It's really, you have to go, you, you have to chunk it up more and talk about really what are the, what are the things that you want? And when I help people do that, not only do I get energy from that, they get more energy to make the changes they need in their business to achieve what they want, because now they have a target of why. Uh, and that's that, that, you know, we'll all do things because I'm just going to buckle down and I'm going to do this for a period of time. I know it's going to be uncomfortable uh, because I think it's going to move me towards what I want. Well, when you can say, I'm going to go do this, I know it's going to be uncomfortable because it's moving me to where I want to go and articulate that, that very, very specifically what that is. All of a sudden that thing that's uncomfortable is less uncomfortable to do because it's actually moving you to where you want to be. There's all, you know, there's all tasks in everything we do. There's parts of the role that we don't always love. But when you have a big vision on why you're doing it, it gets easier to do. And when you don't, it's, it's really hard. And the, that big why, that big why statement, it's for the days that, that you don't want to do stuff. For the hard days, right? That's for the hard days. On the easy days, when you show up, you wake out of bed, you get out of bed, and everything's amazing. Coffee is perfect. No, you know, red lights on the way to the office. Those days, everybody can show up perfectly. It's on the days that everything goes wrong, and you're like, "Why am I doing this?" You need to know the big why, so you can persevere through that discomfort to achieve what you want. One well, and you know, for me, one of my favorite sayings that that really says that is, you know, some days you're the bug, some days you're the windshield. And one of my mentors used to always say that to me. And, and I think you're right, right? It's those, it's those really, really difficult days where, you know, the deal's falling apart. Someone may be leaving your team on the exact same day. A property didn't close. The lawyer's calling you. Your investment might have had a flood. And you're going, you know, how do I get up tomorrow and keep doing this? And so I love that it starts with why we get a lot of people that ask, you know, sort of, where do I go next? You know, they're running a team or they're doing other things, but you know, if you had to sit down with someone and, and kind of give me your, not necessarily your elevator pitch, but your first five minutes, I'm a brand new client. You're going to coach me. What are you telling me to do? So the first thing I do is ask people, what is their big why? Of course they don't generally know or they have a pers perspective, which is great. Understand that I'm coaching to, to living a more fulfilling life, not to a business goal. Right. So where I start is helping people articulate a fulfilling life for them. Because if, because that's the goal for me to coach people or to help people. And if I don't, if they don't know what that is and I don't know what that is, I don't know how to coach you. Right. I can help you grow a business, but if I'm not growing it in such a way that you get to live the life you want, then. So we start with really drilling down on the big why and and when we can articulate the big whys and, and, and the life that is unbelievably fulfilling for someone, then we just devise, okay, what business, what does the business need to look like so that we can do that? And then we start business coaching. Got it. Always going back to the big why. That's, that's cool. And, and I mean, you're having, you know, for everyone listening, depending on when you're listening to this, you know, we're still in the pandemic. We're still in a lockdown. We're still struggling through this. Yet we're seeing some agents have best year ever. I mean, you look at the statistics across any, any company in real estate right now, and, and the top earners seem to be having their best years ever. I know you're a part of that, you know, despite stepping out of the team leader role, you sort of found your groove again, and you're having, you know, an incredible, incredible year, and you're going to follow that up this year with another great year. What, do, what is everybody else missing? For those that aren't having good years, what, what do you think they're missing or they need to start looking at in order to, to, to get back into production or to get that, that hustle back up? 
So again, big why is the is I'm just gonna keep going back to that. However, when I start when we start drilling down on people's businesses, you know, we can identify, you know, once you step out of the day to day and you're working on your business, so thirty thousand foot view, we can identify what's not working. And essentially, we haven't fixed that prior to this because whatever wasn't working wasn't painful enough for us. It not working wasn't enough pain that, that the pain of fixing it was more. So we hadn't. So for, the, for people that are not you know, achieving their potential, of people that are not taking advantage of the opportunities that are out there clearly, it's about identifying what is it in their business that needs to change and making it the priority. And it's gonna, it's uncomfortable. And again, if something's uncomfortable, you better know why you're doing it. Because if you don't, you, you're gonna try it and it's not gonna work. You might try it again and it doesn't work. You're gonna stop trying. But if you know why you're doing it and the only way to get there is to fix this, you're never gonna stop trying. So the failure is only when you stop trying, right? Like if you can't fail if you're trying again, you only fail when you stop. So uh, it's about knowing why we're doing it. And, and let's be honest, real estate is not, you know, uh, it, like Gary says, it's a, it's a simple role being a realtor, yeah. uh, but it's not easy. Yeah. So it's about learning from others that have run into these same problems and being humble enough and driven enough to follow the systems that they're using as opposed to trying to build our own. I mean, we're all entrepreneurs. That's why we're here. If we were great, like if we were great at being employees, <laughs> we wouldn't be here. Most realtors, including myself for most of my life, are kind of unemployable. Like, you know, as a nurse, I did medevac. So I was in, you know, I, I was in helicopters and planes, uh, traveling around the Arctic for a few years and then internationally. Uh, but I was an entrepreneur, even though I had a job. I ran the show. I kind of got to do what I wanted. Uh, and then when I had kids, I didn't want to do that because I was away so much. So I took a job in a hospital because that's what nurses do. I'm unemployable. I can't work in a hospital. I couldn't go, you know, I'm just not that, that person. So understanding that's the mindset of, our, of realtors. We have to approach the, the conversation that way because we can't expect people to just to show up and, and do all the things they're supposed to. When, and most people get into real estate because they don't want a job. We hear that over yeah. and over again, right? It's, it's, you know, what's, what's shown up a lot is, and we've heard a lot of people talk about it on the show is, you know, they talk about that, that, that HGTV realtor, right? I'm going to show up, my phone's going to start ringing. I get to wear nice suits, drive nice cars, and people just buy houses when I show it to them. And I show three houses and, and boom, here's another sale. And yeah. it's, it's not even close to that, right? I mean, it's, it's challenging. It's hard. If you don't know your why, why are you getting up every day? You got to make cold calls. You got to door knock. You got to network. You know, I had a realtor I was talking to yesterday and, and she'll probably text me when she hears this because I know she listens as well. And she's doing, um, I think, the Buffini course where it's, you know, they're asking her to bake pies. <laughs> I'm going, well, it's COVID. You probably shouldn't bake pies right now. But it's all these things that we have to do and hope that we get successful. So I love that you started, you started today with, you know, systems and models, finding out what works, you know, tailoring it to your unique style and then, um, and then chasing that with purpose and intentionality. One of the fun things, and, and you're going to be kind of our guinea pig on it, is we're talking about mic drop moments. And so we've had a few people on that have hit us with some really big nuggets right at the end of the show. And so I'd love to hear what, what's Ryan's sort of mic drop moment that we can end with today. Well, thanks for uh, telling me in advance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, mic drop moments. 
you know, I think that it's, there's twofold for transactional real estate people. Uh, the biggest impact in, in my, whatever level of success people that I have, um, it was around surrounding myself with people who were where I wanted to be or bigger and being humble enough to just learn and do what they did. So I'm not sure that's a mic drop moment, but I was, I was a good realtor. I was amazed. I was great at helping people buy and sell homes. I was, I was great at the service most of the time. And (laughs) (laughs) except when I was super busy. Uh, But what I wasn't doing was learning how to grow a business. And that's what I learned from those people. Sometimes through that process, my ego was a little big. And I thought because I was really good at the job that I was also as good as them in business, which was clearly not correct. So surrounding ourselves with people who will openly share how they do that. But the, the, the biggest mic drop moment for me has been, um, has been in, in learning to grow myself. I mean, the, the bull law that our businesses grow to the extent that we do. Um, it's about how do we grow our leadership? And this is what I used to tell myself when I was having a really bad day as a team leader uh, or, you know, a team leader. I was, you know, nothing's going wrong. I had a, nothing's going right. I had agents leaving. Everyone's canceling their appointments on me. Nobody returned my calls. Like, you know, those, those days. And we all know Gary Keller that runs the, uh, runs the company. I'm pretty sure that he doesn't necessarily know how to do the team leader role, but I bet if Gary stepped into my role that day, that he'd have better results than I was going to get. And he doesn't even know how to run it. So it's about leadership determines our results. How do we lead? So I've drilled down a really been purposeful around how, okay, well, how do you improve leadership purposely? And how do you measure that? John Maxwell's five levels of leadership is kind of a, a gauge. And it just came down to surrounding ourselves with bigger leaders, you know, feeding our brain, the information. So leadership, feeding our brain, good books and good, good information um, is the path to leadership, but it's, you experience growth that you have to experience that, that pain through that to grow. And I thought I had all that down and I was, I was at an event with Dana Kikowska and I cornered her to, uh, to talk about this. I'm like, how do I improve leadership specifically? This is my vision. And she listened and listened and listened. She said, well, Ryan, have you exhausted all areas to improve like for what you're feeding your brain? And I said, well, I'm reading every book that I can imagine. And she said, well, what about, what about university? Like there, there are courses on leadership. And I went, oh yeah, <laughs> there is. So I enrolled in Cornell, a couple of leadership courses through Cornell and I'm going to be, and I kind of, and I'm going to be ro- enrolling in some courses in Harvard, partially because I just think it's funny that I'm going to take some courses at Harvard. Um, the biggest mic drop is just being open to the conversation and surrounding yourself with bigger people who've experienced more, who are doing more. Simply put, check your ego at the door. Be, yeah. be willing to learn from, from others that are better. I love that, Ryan. Thank you for sharing. Guys, again, the Real Estate Hustle podcast, a special guest today, Ryan McLean. Ryan, if we're looking to track you down, someone's looking to you know get some of that knowledge from you, how are they connecting with you? Is email, text messaging best? Uh, email's best, yeah. Ryan McLean at kw.com. And uh, that's the best way to hold me. Awesome, guys. And you can find us. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook, the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. We are everywhere as well. We're going to continue to bring some heavy hitters like this and continue to add value to your lives as well. So thank you for joining us. And we look forward to seeing what you accomplish in 2021. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate all your hard work, Andre. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I get a lot of value out of it.